0: here we are um in this place that yeah it's been a little bit since we've gotten to sit down but this is good i think i love these spaces where um yeah i think we know that on a right 30 45 minutes out of the whole hour on a sunday you know there's only so much that can happen there and there's a lot of other hours in the week and obviously we know that there's um just a lot that goes on or maybe questions we have that we don't always get to answer or no. address. And so we just want to take some time here um, as we're looking at the the Christmas season. Yeah, um, to really just talk about something. So one thing I want to just ask you is yeah. um, this whole idea of Christmas trees. And um, yeah, we we're kind of dialoguing about this a little. Um, and we thought it'd be good to just have this space to talk about Christmas trees. How should we... Yeah. As followers of Jesus, <laughs> understand the Christmas tree.
1: That's such a good question, um, and I think honestly, I think there's there's been um, in recent years a lot of questions around mm. the origins of Christmas. Um, uh, is th- is this a pagan holiday mm. that we're just kind of like reappropriating? Yeah. Um, is this biblical? Is this something that that we're supposed to do? When was Jesus born? How do we get to December 25th? Uh, what's the deal with Christmas trees and stockings and all that other stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, is this what is this what we should be doing as those who seek to honor the Lord? And um, I think we need to be really careful, first off, not to not to roll our eyes at those questions. Um, mm-hmm. The first time I heard that, I'll, I'll confess that was my response, where I kind of went, "For real? Like mm-hmm. uh, Christmas? Really? We're questioning this one?" Um, but as I listened to people, I understood kind of where they were. And so um, I think it would be good before we get too far into the Christmas season, maybe to take just a few moments here this morning. Um, oh, who am I kidding? It's probably going to be like 20 minutes because it's you and me. Well, it's you. It's me. Uh, walking through uh, a couple conversations, maybe around Christmas, the origins of Christmas, and, and wh- how we should enter into Christmas thoughtfully. So um, let's 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 kind of look at this three ways. I want to look at this historically, um, biblically, and then and then culturally. And so let's do the historical angle first. So I think there are a couple realities around Christmas time that that we should acknowledge. So first off, um, December the twenty fifth, where we typically celebrate Christmas, we celebrate Jesus' birth. I think we should acknowledge that that date coincides with ancient pagan holidays and festivals. Uh, I think if you're just going to have your eyes open, you need to be aware of that. And so let's talk about just a couple of them. Um, First off, Saturnalia was um, a Roman festival where uh, the Romans honored the agricultural god Saturn and they they sought his blessings for the upcoming year. They wanted Mm. to appease him. Um, That was held on December 17th in the ancient Roman world and it went for about a week and um, Saturnalia actually bears a lot of resemblance to modern Christmas festivals. Mm. Um, There's a lot of feasting that went on. You'd have your family over to your house. Um, You would actually travel to your neighbors and sing songs. Mm. Um, Now, they would do it naked, which we're not doing that. So right. uh, they would carol. Uh, they would give gifts. And so Saturnalia is one of these first things that we see in history. We go, gosh, that sounds a little like Christmas. Um, solstice is another pagan holiday. It's rooted in the, the turning of the seasons. Um, solstice is celebrated um, in many cultures around the world, Um in antiquity and still today, um on December twenty first, the the darkest day or the darkest night of the year, and it represents the turning of the seasons. Um Yule is another festival um celebrated by the Germanic people and that kind of arises out of these of these first two. Um Yule this year is celebrated December twenty first through January first. So it's it's kind of a week long festival. It ties some of these elements together. Um, there's a rumor, too, that there was a holiday um, that was instituted by um, an emperor named Aurelian in seven or in 240 or 274 AD um, called Sol Invictus, which means the birth of the sun. Hmm. And so it, it kind of coincides to the birth of the sun. It's when the days start to get longer yeah. after December 21st. Um, and then even more modern, <clears throat> like the origins of Santa Claus. You could look yeah. at Santa Claus. Uh, Yes, Saint Nicholas was a real person, he was a, a real bishop, he was a Christian, he lived in Turkey in the fourth century, and um, he gave gifts to people. Uh, he actually did a lot of amazing ministry. Mm. Um, but I think we need to acknowledge, just reality is that, that this last week of December correlates or at least coincides with ancient pagan festivals, some of which are still in practice today. And I think we just need to acknowledge that. That's just smart. We yeah. don't need to pretend that these things don't exist. Um, But it brings up a second reality historically. um, And I think this is very important is we don't know if Jesus was born on December 25th or not. What? Yeah. I think we need to say that. (laughs) Yeah. And that shouldn't surprise us. Okay. For Hmm. a couple of reasons. One, look at who Jesus's family was, Mary and Joseph. Yeah. They're poor. We know that because of Luke two, the offering that they bring to the temple Um, we know they're Jewish. Um, we know that that Jesus's birth was not really all that well known. Um, mm. In our nativity scenes, we imagine that there's lots and lots of people yeah, there. Right. There probably weren't. Um, yeah. The shepherds were there. We, we know the wise men probably didn't come until later. And so all that to say is there weren't birth records. This mm. wasn't like you went to the hospital and there was a yeah. birth certificate. Yeah. So we don't know the exact date. Birth records weren't kept 2000 years ago mm. like they are today in our culture. Um Related to this historical angle, last thing I'll say that I think is helpful, Um, there are different reasons to suggest why we celebrate on December 25th. Um, I'll name maybe just two. Um, One is the conception theory, okay? Now, this is getting into some weird stuff, but we'll get there for a second. Um, The early church fathers, you might call them the, the patristic fathers, the early church fathers for a lot of reasons believed that Jesus was conceived on March 25th and you just do the math nine months later, is Hmm. December 25th. And so that that was one reason maybe why December 25th became it. Um, There's another theory as to why the Christian, early Christians picked the 25th of December, um, is that related to those pagan festivals I mentioned earlier, that um, there may have been a missiological reason to say, well, let's take these festivals and baptize them in Christianity And Mm -hmm. let's almost co-opt or or reappropriate these festivals Mm -hmm. in the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's another theory. So all that to say, historically, this is the first of these three conversations we need to have. Historically, we need to be honest and say, Mm -hmm. there's no real historical reason for picking this exact day. We don't know. And so we probably shouldn't be dogmatic about... December twenty fifth being the only day that we celebrate Jesus. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's this first kind of kind of take on it. That's a lot of info, but that's that's the historical conversation I think we need to have. Um, I think secondly there is a biblical conversation that we need to have, and so I want to go to two texts, and we'll we'll try and do this quickly. Um, there's two texts that tend to come up in this conversation around. Should we celebrate Christmas? Yeah. Um, the first one, is, uh, and by the way, Easter is lumped into this or any other uh, holiday. The first one comes out of Deuteronomy 12, and um, it's Deuteronomy 12, verses 29 through 32. I'll just read them real quick. Um, this says, "When the Lord your God cuts off before you the nations whom you go into dispossess, and you dispossess them, and dwell in their land." Okay, so this is talking about the people. On the edge of the promised land they're going to go into the land that god has promised them what are they supposed to do here's what he says take care that you not be ensnared to follow them after they have been destroyed before you and that you do not inquire about their gods saying how did these nations serve their gods that i may also do the same you shall not worship the lord your god in that way for every abominable thing that the lord hates they've done for their gods they even burn their sons and their daughters and fire before their gods. And so what we see here is God prohibiting worship in the way that the pagan people worship. And he names a very deplorable practice of actual child sacrifice there. Typically, this text is brought up to say, hey, don't celebrate holidays that other people celebrate. Hmm. Yeah. And we go, well, that's kind of missing the context here. The, the conclusion is we should not worship what the other nations worship nor should we worship how they worship we shouldn't take our cues for what's valuable for what's around us Mm -hmm. um another text that's that's kind of frequently brought up is in jeremiah now this one gets really interesting uh this is in jeremiah 10 because this sounds really close to a christmas tree right you ready It's jeremiah 10 thus says the lord this is jeremiah 10 verse 1 he says don't learn the way of the nations Nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens, because the nations are dismayed at them. Now, here's where he gets specific. For the customs of the peoples are vanity. A tree from the forest is cut down and is worked with an ax by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it. The King James actually says they deck it. Like they Mm. deck the hall. They deck it with silver and gold. They fasten it with hammer and nails so that it cannot move. And he's basically saying, "Don't, don't do this don't don't do what they do and so sometimes well-meaning christians come to that verse and they trip over it and they go right there that that says no christmas tree yeah here again is a great example of how why context is so important biblically is this whole section of jeremiah 10 is talking about the value of god Hmm. which is more valuable a tree that you would bring down into your house and worship and say gosh we we God, whatever God is, exists, we're, we're calling on the power of this tree to bring your blessing. Mm-hmm. Or going straight to God because you are part of his chosen people, we would say in the New Testament, because you've been brought near by the blood of Christ, going straight to him and saying, God, you are valuable. You are the one that we worship. And so that's what this is getting at here. This is not preventing or, 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 or castigating people against yeah. a Christmas tree. This is about the object of their worship. Um, he's really condemning idolatry.
0: Hmm. Yeah.
1: And so that's where this gets, I think, a little more interesting. Now we want to move this into, I think, the third aspect of this conversation. Um, We'll call it the cultural elements. So we've got this historical bit, we've got the biblical bit, and now we'll talk about the cultural bit. But I want to pause for a second because I've been going for like 10 minutes at this point. What's, What's happening in your mind when you hear all these things kind of come up? And then we'll talk about the cultural bit.
0: Yeah, no, I think, no, I think all of that is so helpful for us, I think, to understand like the context and the history. And I think always, then the question goes back to like, what is, what is my posture in this mm. and what is in my heart? And I think that's kind of what we're getting to at the cultural of like, yeah it is in, in any of these things. And I think we've talked about this before um, and unpacked these things where, um, and I think Paul talks a lot about this where, right. Even the idea like food sacrifice to idols. And so yes. I think we have to have these conversations in a way of like, let's be honest about these things. But I think just because that's true that this, this holiday was a, a pagan, it doesn't mean that because I am engaging in some form of Christmas festivities that I am therefore a pagan idol yes. worshiper, yes. you know? And so I think that that is a thing. And, you know we should i think as it moves to what's the posture it's the same way of like i mean for my my kids in my house there's things where it's like these are nice activities but when this activity becomes a place of like worship or idolatry yes. then like it's a bad thing and so it's like yes. as simple as something like like coloring when that becomes a space where like y'all are fighting over stuff being rude like then actually like coloring is no longer a good thing yes. because it is moving away from like, it's moving their hearts
1: into a space of idolatry. And in that tricky word, anything can become an idol. Yeah. We can make anything an idol. Um, so so with, with that with that in mind, I'm so glad yeah. you brought up meat sacrifice idols because that's exactly where I want to go next. Um, so if you're watching this and you're going meat sacrifice, wait, hang on, what now? Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's get into the New Testament a little bit. Um, what we're saying is like, it's not the practice, it's the heart beneath the practice. Mm-hmm. That's what we're really getting at. So um, I want to read two texts that yeah. have to do with meat yeah. sacrifice idols. And so for those that are watching that don't know, in the New Testament, this is a big issue. This is a big cultural yeah. issue yeah. Yeah. where um, part of pagan ritual sacrifice was to take meat and sacrifice that meat to an idol. And the question was, well, could, could Christians eat that? Which I think is a great question because like, we don't want to waste it. And, and, and can we eat that in good conscience? Um, knowing that that meat was sacrificed to an idol wood, because I know that idol is empty. I know it's just a block of wood. I know it's just a, it's a statue. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, throw it away. What, is, what does this mean? It was a big question in the first century. And so this first text I want to read is in First uh, Corinthians 10, um, I'm looking at verse 25. No, we'll back it up in verse 23. Here's what Paul says. He says, all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful, but not all things build up. And then here's his teaching. He says, let no one seek his own good, but also the good of his neighbor. Mm. Eat whatever is sold in the meat market without raising any question on the ground of conscience. For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, which is to say, God made the meat. Eat it. <laughs> and then he, he backs it. If one of the unbelievers invites you to go to dinner, okay, so this is somebody who mm. is not trusting in the Lord. They don't have a good gospel foundation in their life. They invite you to go to dinner, and you're supposed to go, eat whatever is said before you without raising any question on the ground of conscience. But if somebody says to you, and this is a great word, if somebody says to you, hey, that, that's been offered in sacrifice, he says, then don't eat it. Hmm. Well, why? This is a very important phrase. He says, for the sake of the one who informed you and for the sake of conscience. What he means there is you're free to eat that meat. We might take that that meat out and say, you're free to put that Christmas tree in your house, or you're free to put stockings above your fire, or you're free to put lights, Clark Griswold, on the outside of your house. You're free to celebrate
0: as long as, number one,
1: you're not paying homage to an idol in your heart, or you're not sending a message to the world that that idol is worthy of your worship. So let's translate that. Put up a Christmas tree in your house. Do it. As long as you do it in a way that your neighbors know that you're not materialistic about the things underneath the tree. That your gratitude and your worship is pointed at Christ. There's another text. This is in Romans. Let's go to Romans 14. This is specifically, I think, the one that you're talking about. We find a very similar thing. He says this. He says, the one who observes the day observes the day in honor of the Lord. Meaning, december 25th if you observe that day as holy are yeah, you doing it in honor to the lord the one who eats let him eat in honor of the lord since he gives thanks to god while the one who abstains abstains in honor of the lord and gives thanks to god he slides down verse 13 he says therefore let us not pass judgment on one another any longer but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother that's fascinating he means like Basically, if you eating meat, you enjoying your Christian liberty to celebrate in the way that you want to celebrate, if that causes someone to sin, don't do it. It'd be better to not eat it. It'd be better to go get fish. He continues. He goes, I know and I'm persuaded in the Lord that nothing is unclean in itself. Meaning, there's nothing wrong with your Christmas tree. Nothing wrong with your stockings. Nothing wrong with your carols. Nothing is unclean in itself. But it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For your brother is grieved by what you eat, and you're no longer walking in love. But what you eat do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. That is a brilliant statement. Like, so here's what this means. Let's let's, let's get around all this meat-sacrifice, idols, and Christmas tree stuff. Here's the conclusions that I take take away away from this. this. Christians are free to celebrate Christmas which sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but we're free to celebrate with a Christmas tree and stockings and presents and caroling. And all we're free to celebrate, but there's one thing that we are not free to do. We are not free to celebrate Christmas thoughtlessly. And I think that's the kicker, is you put a tree up in your house or not, make sure that you're celebrating with Christ at the center. Make sure that whatever version or whatever trappings are wrapped around your, your Christmas celebrations this year and your family, think about them. Be intentional.
0: I think that's what,
1: what Scripture is really teaching us here. So, um, Can I ask yeah, you
0: guys? Yeah. So thank you for listening. Um, right. And I'm, I'm with you. But does, if someone hears that though, maybe they're thinking, but but doesn't it say not to cause your brother to stumble? Mm-hmm. So how would you navigate that? If someone sure. wants to come back and say, well, it says don't cause someone to stumble and you having a tree and lights in your house causes so me to stumble. Yeah. And so you need to take that down. So I think there's three things I'd say in response to that. Cause this
1: this text is a sadly misused a yeah. lot in the church. Yeah. I think, I think one, one, so how do you know what causes your brother to stumble? So I think there's two things I would say to that person. And one thing I would actually say to the, to the brother who's vocalizing that. Okay. One, you do need to know, we need to be aware of cultural trends hmm. that would give us indication of things that would be spiritually problematic for people. So just to get really heady on this, do we live in a culture right now where if my unchristian neighbor sees a Christmas tree in my house, is he going to believe that I am worshiping a pagan deity? Okay, probably not. Yeah, because this isn't third century Rome hmm. where my neighbor is celebrating Saturnalia. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we have to know what's going on in our culture. Mm-hmm. But the second thing you have to know your brother, you have to know your neighbor.
0: Yeah.
1: Which I mean, like we could grind into this really hard. Yeah. Is like. I need to know what causes my brother or my neighbor to stumble. And so this is going into something, and and, and I need to resist those things. I need to refuse those liberties out of love for him. This is getting into something else, but like the conversation could easily go to other areas of life like alcohol consumption or R-rated movies where I go, it is better for me to refuse those liberties if they don't cause me to sin in and of themselves, it is still better for me to not engage them out of love for my brother, if that causes them to stumble. And I, I mean give it up. It doesn't matter. It's not worth it. That's what Paul's saying. So those are the two things I would say to the Christian who's trying to be mindful is know your culture and then know your brother. The thing that I would say to the brother, though the one who is saying, Hey that, that tree in your living room causes me to stumble. I think we need to be very careful that we don't use those words um, as a weapon mm. or as a leverage of control to say, "Hey, that meat you, that causes so don't eat it." Mm. The intention behind Paul's words here—that is actually an admission of Christian immaturity in some cases, mm. because Paul's saying, no, "There's nothing wrong with the meat. Mm. Yeah. The earth is full is full of the Lord. Yeah. Like this is this is a <laughs> gift from the Lord. You can't eat it yet." because there's, there's still a little bit of paganism that's wrapped around your ankle. You're not free yet from that. Mm. And so please don't use that as a weapon and say, well, because I can't enjoy that. You can not enjoy that. Mm. I think there's, there's, and so the, the point in that whole section of Romans 14 is love. Yeah. Do what, do what makes for love. And so, um, does that answer the question? Yeah. Okay. No,
0: no I totally like, <laughs> I, I love that. And I think, um, yeah, I think especially in a time in the holidays where, in this season, I think culturally where we need to be aware. And I see this because I spend a lot of time in my mind is feeling like I always have to, or right, You said that word weapon. And mm-hmm. I think we get that like, confused and see oh, sword of the spirit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but I haven't think to like Exodus 14 where like. God tells most like, right, you don't need to do anything. The Lord's gonna fight for you. Good, so you need good. Only to be still. And so like, good. Like that Hebrew word, I looked it up this morning. And it's so like, good. Be still, be silent. Don't, don't, yeah. don't talk. Wait. Yeah. And so I think, like, that super we take courage in that wherever we find ourselves, of like, you don't have to fight with a fellow brother, totally, who's in process, because we're all in process, totally. Right. That's this process of being made new. And So no, thanks for unpacking that. Cause I think yeah. that is so beautiful <laughs> to. To, to navigate that tension for sure
1: I leave us with um like four conclusions yeah and um I, w- I would say this for anybody who is and I know this is the struggle for some people who who are, are trying to sever um a pagan holiday from a Christian holiday yes. and so I, there are sharp distinctions and I want to give us four okay. sharp distinction between these ancient pagan practices and holidays and what we believe as Christians so Distinction number one, those pagan holidays are based on what the world does, meaning they're they're a response to the movement of the seasons. They are reactive to what what the earth's spinning and moving in the solar system, they are a response to what the world does. Christian Christmas is a response to what God has done. Hmm yeah that God has taken initiative that. by sending his son into yeah. the world so mm-hmm. we're not just worshiping because the earth is spinning. we're worshiping God did something that's yeah. one distinction yeah. second distinction um, those pagan celebrations are um, focused on a fear of the future meaning I have to offer sacrifices some of them talks about to a God in fear of a future that that is unknown to me mm-hmm christian christmas biblical new testament gospel christmas we say is based on gratefulness of a past event Mm. that god sent his son and so we worship not out of fear of what might come we worship god out of fear of what he has already done this happened jesus was born
0: that's the second one
1: a third distinction that give us is those pagan festivals um, are given to earn the pleasure of the gods Mm. Trying to get on the God's good side. Yeah. Biblical Christmas is so vastly different. We worship because we are already loved by God. That's what Christmas is a celebration of. Like, and it's like, it's right at the end of the angel's message to the shepherds and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Yeah. Another translation said, good to those among whom God is pleased. Meaning like, this is God's pleasure that allows him to do this. You don't have to earn his favor. And I think that actually is, Uh, to the fourth distinction I'd say is that these ancient pagan festivals are centered around offering a sacrifice to the gods Mm -hmm. whether it's meat or it's it's your songs or we're offering something we are responsible for bringing the sacrifice to God Mm -hmm. biblical gospel Christmas is the exact opposite where God himself provides the sacrifice to us Mm -hmm. in the form of his son and so I offer those four last distinctions yeah. um, just as ways to completely sever this. And so, again, we're free to celebrate Christmas. We are not free to celebrate it thoughtlessly. Uh, we must be thoughtful. And so whatever form your Christmas celebration takes, just keep Christ at the center of it.
0: Well, awesome. Thanks, Brandon, for just, yeah, sitting down having this conversation. I learned a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, just getting into dialogue and unpack that. And um, yeah, if you're watching wherever you're at this Christmas season, um, yeah, just keep keep fixing your eyes on Jesus.